Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm already so excited about this conversation. We've been chatting in the green room about sneak peek the Enneagram. I have so much to say. I can't wait to nerd out with you. (laughs) Um, But I have a special guest, Nicole Saunders here. Um, Nicole Saunders is an Enneagram coach for entrepreneurs and leaders. Um, so I, if you don't know your Enneagram, you are going to be Googling it by the end of the show. So we can totally like psychoanalyze you and make you lots more money and have a better life and all that good stuff. Um, but Nicole, I'll just kind of turn it over to you. Why don't you give us a brag intro? Don't be shy. Tell us all the awesome things about you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm Nicole, I'm from outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm an Enneagram coach. So I help people live better lives, wake up instead of sleepwalking and living life on autopilot, they get to wake up and actually be present and mindful. So instead of being at your kid's football game and scrolling Instagram, you can actually enjoy your kid's football game. So that's what I do. But I think my biggest brag, um, is probably, and this is kind of funny. So I had a six figure business, but I threw it away. (laughs) So it just did not line up with me. Like, yeah. Yeah. So everybody's like, Oh, I'm like, I need to partner with somebody for six figure business. I'm like, well, I had one, but it's not there yet again. But I'm like, I know if I built something like that, I can totally do it again. So, um, I just have no patience, which is fun. But, you know, that's part of my Enneagram type too. So, yeah, so I threw it away. It was not setting my soul on fire. I was like, I'm not put on this earth to sit behind a computer screen. I want to see the impact that I have on people's lives. Like, that's what jazzes me up. So um, I finally pivoted doing this um, Enneagram coaching stuff and just so in love with it. Awesome. That is quite a brag. Um, And I relate to you because, you know, my background is a psychologist. And so I had like a, I still do, this is my (laughs) brick and mortar office, uh, private practice. And I gotta say, getting into the coaching field, I thought it would click a little sooner, you know? So I think it's like such a brave thing to take a successful business and just be honest about it, like not bringing you joy and then start over. And then it's like, even if it takes time, you know, you know, you have Mm -hmm. the stuff make it work um yeah. and you're the boss enneagram right like you're kind yeah, of the boss yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm the girl. yeah i'm the go-to person for the enneagram for entrepreneurs especially younger um female identifying entrepreneurs i think is is where my community tends to oh, yeah. be so a lot of the coaches that I've invested in have been eights for sure. So if people are listening and they're like, what's an ideogram? I don't know. Give us like some basic starter info on how to find your profile and all that good stuff. Yeah. So the Enneagram is this circle. It's basically a map of the nine different personality or ego structures. So that's the cool thing about the Enneagram, I think, than other assessments. So um, some assessments can kind of be mean, like, oh, you're too strong. Like the first time I took the disc, the disc assessment, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, this is hurt. my hurt, my feelings, right? But um, the Enneagram, and it can be confusing. It can be a lot, but simplified. Nine types. It's how we 
do the things we do in the world. So not the behavior. So let's say Megan and I both want to be really successful, right? But it's the why behind that. She wants to be successful because of achievements and recognition where I want to be successful because I want to be in charge. I want to be in control of my destiny, that kind of stuff. So each type has this motivation, um, the why behind the behaviors, but the Enneagram is developed as a child. So your defense mechanisms, the things that happened in your childhood, whether it was with your parents, your guardians, your caretakers, whoever, or the lack thereof, and how you now operate in the world. So that's the big thing. If you don't relate with the defense mechanism of the type that you've been typed as, then you're probably mistyped. So it can be very easy to get mistyped because a lot of the online tests aren't accurate or they're only like 60 to 70% accurate. And then some of them, like a lot of the most popular ones aren't scientifically validated, which I was like, oh my gosh, when I learned about that. So my suggestion is to hire somebody to do a typing session so they can really get to know you, but it's too, it's, yeah, it's your, it's your motivation, the behavior, all that good stuff, but it's also how you talk, how you, your body language, your, those nuances, the inflection of the voice, those things that the test just can't see. But yeah, it's a really fun tool to use. I'm trying not to say tool, but whatever. It's a tool. It's a map. It's something that you can help understand yourself, your strengths, weaknesses, all of that good stuff. So yeah, I've like been profiling people since grad school, basically. <laughs> so oh my God. So I have to joke oh, about you know, this because, <laughs> because I, I made my husband on a Friday night. I was like, I know you're not a two. He kept testing as a two. I was like, please let me practice my typing sessions with you. So we did that. And now he asked me every single day, have you profiled anyone today? I'm like, I'm not a detective. I'm typing. I'm not profiling. So it's so funny. I mean, it just, when you said that I, I had to laugh. Well, it was funny. I met my um, husband in grad school and I, he was my guinea pig for doing like IQ tests and all kinds of things. And so I like validated his IQ before we got serious, which brag on him. He's like genius level. He's super smart. Um, but I was telling you in the green room, like he, <laughs> he's an eight like you. And so, uh, he is, I think one of the questions is like, um, do you talk about uncomfortable topics? Like, um, are you like, will you say controversial things? And that's what I kind of like about him is he's like very edgy, but like sometimes it can be a little bit rude. And so when I saw that he was an eight, I was like, oh, you're like the mob boss leader. I'm like, of course. I'm like, okay, that gives me like a really nice like reframe <laughs> for when you're saying the things I don't want to hear. Yeah. And like you mentioned like short uh views I guess you could say <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, any eights we we have um so that gut center we we have anger and that's our first initial reaction so we have to work on calm and light and not flying off the handle <laughs> I know it's so funny that the eight like ended up marrying a therapist. We've definitely worked on that <laughs> things over the years. Um, but you know, I do something similar because I've kind of pivoted from my online business into like sole purpose psychologist. And that has been really awesome because, um, you know, like I've been obsessed with astrology and then more recently like human design and then all my psychology stuff, like all the personality things. And so like pretty much my first question to everybody is like, have you, um, do you know what your birthday is? Or like, do you know what your birth time is? You kind of need those for the charts. Um, or like, do you know what your Enneagram is? And I've just found it to be super helpful. Like you said, for just like life for relationships, for career, for like understanding yourself. And I got to say the part that I really like about the Enneagram is it does like, does so many things. You could tell me more about it, but like, it talks about like your fears and kind of your defense mechanisms and then like your desires. And so I feel like that's like really edgy stuff. So do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with the Enneagram, exactly. You have core fears and core desires. Every single type has one. So, um, that can also help you determine your type and I'll be honest. So I know you've talked a lot about your husband being a type A and this like strong personality. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I was an Enneagram four for the longest time because I can sit with emotions. I can be very vulnerable, but I was trained that way. Cause my background's in higher education. I actually, before our, our call about an hour ago, I found out one of my former 
students, parents had passed away. And I'm like sitting here bawling. I was like, okay, Nicole, get it together. You get it together. You got to get on a podcast. So we're, we can't be seen as this weak person crying. But at the same time, it's like, I'm comfortable with that. I'm, if you want to cry, come on. I got some tissues. I'll give you a hug. But so that's why I, like, I thought I was extra, a point, extra point for tears. If you cry yeah, on the podcast yeah. for sure. Always. So it's, it's funny because I thought I'm a four. I I like going deep with people. It's not just surface level stuff. Like, I don't care what the weather is. I honestly don't care how your kids are doing. If you want to talk about dogs, sure. Let's talk about dogs, but like the small talk stuff. But I realized that's an eight thing because it's like, I don't, it's time. It's, I want to be efficient and get this stuff done so I can control and move on and have the power, like whatever. But with the four, like I'm creative. I love making things, but it just, it never really was like, oh, the defense mechanism with that, the introjection, I didn't sit well with. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know, maybe, you know, in my upbringing didn't relate with the childhood of the four. But when I got to the eight, I was on, I remember this moment because I was like, I was on the elliptical and I'm like reading about the eight's childhood. And I was like, that's me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I was mind blown that I was like, I had mistyped myself. So it happens. Don't feel like you have to rush into a type, but yes, every single type has core fears, core desires and motivations. And even so, because there's nine types and you break it down into three. So there's the triads. So two, three, and four are in the heart center. So they are, um, leading with emotional intelligence. And so what they do is they interpret the world through that way, but they also want to be, want to create this image. So for a two, it's creating this image of this person who is a giver and a helper. A three is creating this image of success and achievement, where a four is creating this image of um, uniqueness and different. And I want you to like me because I am different. So that's how that can kind of play into. So I kind of think, you know, each, each center has different ones, but I like to, the heart center is, is a fun one, I think to start with. So. Yeah, I think that's great. And like, again, feel free to like psychoanalyze me a little bit here. I'm a, so I'm a type three, which is the overachiever. (laughs) Big surprise here. That was like, kind of like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I think most people who end up with a PhD have like some, I would guess are like probably type three or maybe type eight. Um, Even I don't five. Know, five, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because my parents would be like, Megan, like we never like pushed you. Like you were always just into grades and into achieving. And like, that was just like your thing. And like, we were like, yeah. fine the care I mean you know they were supportive but like they weren't pushing it like some parents do they were just like that was like your MO and I was watching some videos maybe you have some I know you're doing TikTok now um, but I've watched some like kind of funny videos on the Enneagram and it was like Enneagrams doing apology and so my wing is two which is the helper which makes sense because you know hello like counselor and coaching right but there was one video that I was watching about a three two and the three was like I said, sorry. So what? And then the, the two was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, and I thought, you know what? I could kind of feel like, because being a woman and like Southern, you know, I'm in Tennessee. So, and I've lived in Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida doesn't really count as Southern, but (laughs) (laughs) I've got like a big dose of Southern good girl conditioning. And so like, that three part of me that's more just like matter of fact was like not as conditioned as like the helper and being like selfless and being like so apologetic. And so that's why a big part of my mission is around women's empowerment is teaching people how to be unapologetic. But when we got into the, um, the fears and the desires, like I was telling you earlier in the green room, like I did always have this fear of like not being like good enough and a failure when like realistically like I I mean obviously like as a business owner and as a high achiever like you do have to have some disappointments and failures along the way (laughs) but like overall like people will look at me and be like you're really successful when's it gonna be enough and I'm like I don't know it's never enough (laughs) so I'll just put that out there like what advice would you have for someone who is like a three two like that 
Yeah, so I think the first thing is to know that the three of the three numbers in that heart center don't really want to deal with emotions. So, um, which is funny because I'm sitting here thinking about like the good girl thing, right? And so when I when I first heard of the Enneagram, I was like, I know I'm not a two, I'm not a seven, and I'm not a nine because I am not a happy nice person <laughs> like I always joke I'm like I'm not a nice person but then like I said I was sitting here crying over my students like I I mean I care about people I'm just not like I have to be like Nicole, be nice. like I have to remind myself of these things but twos are you know they give I was just gonna say like what I love about eights I have a lot of eights in my life is they're so real and raw like they're not gonna bullshit you like sweet southern gooey stuff that's like kind of like syrupy like they tell the truth and so I think truth tellers are maybe not the nicest people because they're telling the truth yeah we have that ongoing we have that ongoing thing in our family is it mean if it's true Uh, yeah, my sister is also an eight. So when we get together and we banter, it's, Ooh. it's, yeah, our husbands are both like, like, so it's funny, but I think the, the thing about twos are they care so much about other people and it's, I want to be seen as this nice giving person, but sometimes, and, and here's the hard thing for twos. They give so much. They don't realize that sometimes they give to get that it can end up being manipulative if they have not been very um, self-aware and built that self-mastery skill. So that can happen too. But I think the three is like feelings, emotions. No, thank you. Because I would rather make myself busy and do things. So I don't have to process these emotions. I don't want to think about this because emotions, if it's sad, if it's sorrow, whatever, that to me can feel like failure. So I would rather be over here and stay busy and get stuff done. Not have to think about any of that. Oh, let me keep doing this. Oh, what's the next thing? Because the next thing brings me that high because I'm achieving it. If I think at any point that I might fail or it's not going to be good enough or it's not going to look good, I'm not doing it. It is not worth doing if I'm not going to do it well and not be recognized for it. So that's a three there. Yeah. Wow. Like, I feel like you're summing up <laughs> the past couple of years of coaching for me pretty well. Yeah. I think um, it's kind of interesting to me because, you know, I, for myself, I was looking at the wing two and I was like, okay, I feel like that's kind of not serving me and I'm almost like outgrowing it. How can I like maybe lean on the four more? So can you help me with that? Yeah, so so the individualists or the romantics, so they all have these different names and sometimes the names are really good. Sometimes they're not so nice. Like ones, I think being called the perfectionist can put a lot of like pressure on them about that. But um, yeah, so for, I think, leaning into those deeper emotions, again, it's hard for threes to sit in that, but the more you can open yourself Mm -hmm. up to that and actually had a three client about a month ago. And I asked her, I said, so when is the last time you just sat and did nothing, not thinking about this, not thinking about that, not thinking, not watching TV, not scrolling the internet, not like B she was like, I, it had been at least 11 months. I was like, okay, so then I need you to just take 60 seconds a day because I knew if I gave her any more than 60 seconds, it would be too much. Just sit and do nothing. Mm. Think about nothing, almost like meditating, but without even having to listen to that noise, just be. And that was really hard. I know we were friends, so I still follow up with her, but she's like, man, I, I, I had my being time today. And I'm like, oh, I feel so good because it's so hard to just one, sit, process those emotions instead of, oh, what can I do to stay busy? Oh, I'm going to find busy work instead of thinking about how I can actually go deep into inside myself. So fours really live in this fantasy land in their head. So fours and sevens, I think are two sides of the same coin. Because seven, see everything as positive. Fours kind of see everything as a little more um, sad and sorrowful, but they do both have this fantasy world that they live in. So if you can kind of get inside your head, inside your body and think more 
feel more, um, that will help you get over to that four wing a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've kind of been resistant to um, meditation. My parents like turned into meditators when I was a teenager and they would like, instead of like forcing me to go to church, they would like force me to have family meditation time. So like some people are like, wow, I would have loved that. But like, again, for a three who like is like very busy in their own head. Plus to add to that, you know, for those of you that are into human design and astrology, I've got Capricorn rising in a generator. So like, those are all very like busy. I'm also a generator. Yeah. The generator is like a motor. They just like to go, 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 go. But you know what? We got a hot tub not too long ago. And that is a place where I really can like just chill and meditate and like not think about anything and just kind of like um, vibe. And that has been really good for me. So I think that that was like super great advice. And I think, you know, one of the things I mentioned with the, the fear is like the fear of failure or like not being good enough. My human design chart also has that accentuated. So I love to see some of these things kind of like interlock because it's like all the layers, but you know, obviously like failure is a big thing, like in the coaching industry and for, for women entrepreneurs, um, like I think everybody has that, uh, especially with imposter syndrome. So like how you know, when you consult with corporate or as you're doing like some of these kind of Enneagram coaching projects, how do you kind of deal with that? What tips would you have for our audience listening? So it's going to depend first on where you are on self-mastery. If I give someone with Uh low self-mastery and be like, embrace failure, they're going to be like, no, like that's pushing them. So like, I don't know how familiar y'all are, but there, and you may know of this, um, diagram Megan but it's like the comfort zone challenge I can't remember the actual person's name it's Tom something but there's like your comfort zone your challenge zone and your panic zone they would go straight from Mm -hmm. that comfort zone to that panic zone and we don't want that to happen now somebody who's very high on the self-mastery scale on that bell curve if I was like okay I want you to go do something today and I want you to fail at it that they may be able to handle So it just is going to depend where you're at on that scale, on what kind of activity or topic I may give you. So somebody on the lower end, I may be like, I want you just to think maybe journal or, you know, just sit with what, what does failure mean? What does that mean? What would it look like? How could, what would I take away from something if it failed? What, what would happen if something failed, you know, and it could be as simple as I failed to take out the trash. Okay. What happened? Let's talk about that. So that is something, you know, trying to determine where people are first, because I don't want to like send them into this crazy panic zone and, and spin out and spiral. Cause that can be not a good thing, but if they can handle it, it's more like, okay, I want you just to go create something and make something and not care what the end result is. Go take a pottery class and do shitty pottery, you know, cause pottery is hard. It looks so easy. I, I used to do pottery last year when I, I'm still grieving, but last year, my grieving journey, that was really helpful for me. But i um, I was like, oh, this looks so easy. I'll be good at this. And I was like, <laughs> no. So, um, find something that you can do that you can fail at and just have fun doing it for, for for a hobby. Like not everything has to be a business. Not everything has to be a success, but threes get so tied up in that. I am what I do and I am not worthy. If I'm not doing something, I'm a failure if I'm just sitting here. So helping them process that is the most important piece of of my job. Yeah. I think that's huge. And then when you combine like mom life and business life, I mean, the, the task list there is like pretty much endless. So I think that that can be like a real challenge just in reality to like get some downtime to kind of do that. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think for me, it's been really interesting to, uh, of course, you know, I'm a three, so I'm like on YouTube watching productivity videos and stuff like that, <laughs> even though I'm like totally type B, like the least organized person. I just like to watch other people do it. <laughs> it's mesmerizing, right? It's <laughs> a great word for it. Um, but you know, what's, what's kind of interesting to me is like, I feel like 
you know, it's easy marketing for people to just be like, oh, I had a million dollar launch or I just made five figures or whatever. And then like, I know I've invested in people like that because it's like, oh, they did it. Like they can show me how not always with the best results, but like, you know, I think with social media, like it's so confusing because like everyone can be reading your content, but not necessarily liking. Like I was with, uh, at a happy hour with a friend and a friend of a friend. And I actually didn't even know I was Facebook friends with her. And she was like, Oh, I love all your stuff. I read it all the time. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, can you put a little heart on it? So I know. Right. (laughs) kind of amazing. Like, you know, a hundred people a week listen to this podcast and I'm like, thank you hundred people. I'm not sure who you are. Please like send me a DM and let me like meet you. Cause I want to know who my audience yeah. is. But I think there's this weird kind of component with social media that you can be having a huge impact. And like, people can like know your dog's name and pictures of your kid and like what you did for Halloween. But like, you know, not quite be ready to buy yet. And so you feel like you're not making progress when actually like you could totally be changing the world with your words. And so I think for me as a three, I have to remind myself, um, and back to the YouTube video, like I watched one on setting process goals versus like outcome goals. And I think in the coaching industry, there's just so much talk about the money that like, I kind of got into it actually not to be a millionaire, but just to have more time freedom and to make like a big impact. And, mm-hmm. um, kind of as a three, I was watching a video. Um, I love the greatest showman, like best manifestation movie ever. And they said that he was a three. So I'm like, I'm like totally up here. Greatest showman, like trying to like, <laughs> you know, just share with the world, um, and receive that back. But like, I think just because of marketing the way it is, like, I think a lot of people like get in their head and like maybe give up too soon because they don't think they're, you know, they haven't made the 10 K months or they haven't made Mm -hmm. the hundred K launch or blah, 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 you know, whatever. So any tips for people who, like maybe, maybe they're just looking into their Enneagram and they want to kind of like apply it in their life work or business. Um, where, where would you kind of have them start? Yeah. So first figure out your type. And again, don't rush this process because if you're mistyped and you're like focusing and trying to be like, Oh, I fit in this category. Well, if you're like working on professional development, personal development, self-growth, you're probably not going to see any results. So if you've been doing that for a while and you're like, this just isn't hitting home, maybe see if another type is a better fit. So once you figure out that type though, you can really see how people perceive you. So Megan and I were talking again in the green room and I was like, the first time somebody told me I was intimidating, I was like, what do you mean? I'm intimidating. I'm a nice person. As I joke about, I'm not a nice person. Right. But I'm like, what do you mean? I'm intimidating. Like I had no clue. And I thought it was, so I was my chapter president of my sorority in, in undergrad, and it was a freshman coming through recruitment. And I thought, well, it's just because I'm a senior and I'm pre- chapter president. Oh no, I'm just intimidating, bossy, bitchy, whatever word you want to use, but that's just me. So I embrace it, whatever. But once you realize people, how people perceive you, you can change, not that you need to change who you are. I, I don't believe in that. I want you to be authentically you but you can change how you come across. So if I'm just like blunt and rude and like, you know what, Megan, I don't like your office. You need to paint your office color, even though I really like that color. So don't, just an example. But if I was like, oh, you really need to change the paint in your office because it does not match with this Zoom background. And it would look some, like, that's kind of rude. You know, but if I approached, it, I was like, you know, Megan, I think to really improve the quality of your podcast recording and this video recording with this zoom background you know if you painted your office wall white it would really make your skin pop blah 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 you know so you can change your approach and people will perceive that in a different way so one thing especially if you work with team members or clients or people in any intimate setting you're giving them feedback constantly you're constantly communicating with them so if i walked up to an enneagram two and i just was like blunt and i didn't build rapport with them but they you know I knew that we had to work together and I wasn't like, so tell me about yourself. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Hey, we got to do this project. They would be like, Whoa, you know, so you can approach different people based on their Enneagram. And that's why it's fun. Yeah. Like asking people, like, I know I nerd out on that. I'm like, so what's your type? You know, I'm just such a nerd about that. I'm like, that's the first question I always ask my party, my party trick. I'm my networking question. Cause I'm an introvert. I'm like, what can I ask that I can talk about for hours? 
what's your Enneagram type? Um, so, you know, that's why it's important, especially as you're bringing on team members or new clients or people you work with again, um, family members. So like I was saying, my husband, he kept typing as a two on test and I could have sworn he was a six, but the six comes from generational overlays with his, he hung out with his great aunt and uncle. So that that's why that came up, but he's a nine, which is also connected to six, but I'm an eight. So eights, you know, we like to like be in charge and nines just sling back and are like, you do what you want. I will sit here and let you decide. And I mean, he has always been like that. Like, so I now know, yeah, yeah, I, I can't railroad him all the time. So he's always like, what do you want to eat? I'm like pizza. Like I will always eat pizza. And he's like, we've had pizza 45 times in a row. And I'm like, then what do you want? He's like, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, well let's get burgers. Cause I know that's his favorite. And so he's like, okay. So it's, it's funny how you can use it in different ways. But if you recognize those things, like, and each type has really good strengths, like Megan, hard worker, she's going to go out and she's going to be efficient and get shit done. Right. But there's this other side. She's not processing the emotions. There's things that she could do better and learn from. So, um, if she's not sitting with empathy or if she's, you know, just like, I don't care what your opinion is. This is the best way to get it done. The most efficient. And we've got to achieve this result. Well, that's not very, you know, good for your team. That's, that's something you can work on. And again, using Megan as an example, using myself as an example, but every single type has these things that they can work on. So when you know that you can be like, Oh yeah, I do do that. Here's how I can implement tools or techniques to really do X, Y, Z. So sevens, they are like woo, all the time, like on just excited about life, ideas, ideas, ideas. But you know, if your supervisor came in and was like, Hey, I have all these ideas, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, Oh my God, we have to implement all these ideas. No, but the seven doesn't realize that they're just like excited about the ideas. So if they're like, Hey, I have all these ideas. This is not for us to implement. I just want to process ideas and brainstorm and have fun with this. Then your staff, your team can relax a little bit and be like, okay, we don't have to implement this. We can just have fun. So there are so many different ways you can use the Enneagram to help with that piece. That's, that's what I like. I'm like getting in my seven wing now. I'm like getting excited. Like, Ooh, idea, idea, idea. So yeah. I know. I, one thing I've worked with my brand coach on is, um, she would be like, Megan, like your, your long posts, they're just like, Dr. Megan Monday, it's kind of corporate. I'm like, oh, corporate. I'm like, you just like cussed me out. Like, no, no offense to people working in corporate, but that, like, I have always been an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I've never been in corporate. So, like, that is definitely you know, not, not the vibe I'm going for, but it's the overachiever, like, wanting to prove the worth that it comes out like textbook. Like, I hate it. I'm so trying to break that pattern. This is why we are ingrained because I have a master's degree. So, it's easy to be like, Oh, in academia, I have to show I'm yeah. a doctor. I have a PhD. I have a master's. I have this. I have this. I have this. I yes. Care. I wrote this research paper. Yes. I was published with this. Like it's never enough. Like everybody's judging you about what you have accomplished in your ex Yeah. And once I realized that too, that helped me let go of a lot of shame around. I don't have a certification. I do now, but why do I want this? Is it because I feel the pressure? Is it, what's it going to help? And now I'm glad I did it just for me. I like to learn. Uh, I think you probably do too as well, but you know, it's funny when we bring that academia background, especially as we have been ingrained in that for so long that it can impact our, our experience as entrepreneurs and business owners. Yeah. And you know, like I'm a, such a big vulnerability fan. Like, I feel like I was breaking like the therapy rules in the sense that I like would tell people personal stuff about myself. And in this podcast, like if you binge watch all the episodes, like I've shared like quite a bit of stuff that like some stuff that I even felt like was kind of like shameful. Um, and so like, it is this like love hate relationship with me with vulnerability, because I know it's so powerfully connecting. Like when Brene Brown came on the scene, I was like, that's the work that I was meant to do. And I I love, like, I don't know. She's probably an eight more than a three, but I don't know. What would you guess she is? Maybe a I one. have no clue. I have no clue. Uh, like I haven't studied her enough to, uh -huh. to assign. I would have to study her body. I don't know well, if she's an eight because she doesn't cuss, you know, and that's a big eight cuss. thing. Yeah, she does cuss. She's got that like Texan thing. Okay. And she is like a well, true 
in our stories and stuff. And but she is a control freak. So funny um, enough, what- Texas does have an Enneagram eight overlay. So there's these regional overlays. Like the US has a three overlay, but Texas does have an eight overlay. So that could be she could be coming across as an eight because of that living in Texas and that experience there too. Part of what's so powerful about her is like vulnerability does not come natural to her. And yet like she went on her famous Ted talk, she like um, said she had like a breakdown and then started talking about like shame and everything. And then, so she was basically like embodying that live and it went like viral and there's like millions of watch. And then she became like famous and went on Oprah and stuff like that. But um, I feel like I've got that like love hate relationship with vulnerability. But like whenever I hear someone else do it, I'm like, oh, I'm so connected. Like that was so brave. That was so awesome. But then I feel like I do have like Dr. Megan Monday persona. And I'm like, okay, good thing I've been in business for 10 years. Like I don't really need anyone to hire me, but I'm like, no one's ever going to hire me. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, read like um, Glennon Doyle, who's another one of my vulnerability favorites. And she was like, yeah, by like putting all my stuff out there, that guarantees me that no one <laughs> sort of like square will hire me ever again. So I'm like destined to be a writer or, you know, yeah. a or whatever. Um, well, but yeah, I've just, you know, any tips on that, I would love to hear because I feel like there's so many awesome like coaches and thought leaders and inspirational figures doing vulnerability. And that's like, so what we need in this world. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful tool. Like you can really connect with people on a deeper level that way. I also think there's a fine line between being vulnerable and complaining and and just depressing, right? Because people get on social media, they don't want to get on and read sob stories. Like some of that, yeah, okay, let's connect. Like if it's sprinkled in there, but if you're getting on and you're like, nobody's buying my stuff. Nobody's doing this, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's just complaining. Like Mm -hmm. you can take that to therapy or, or, or counseling or somewhere else to to a business friend. But yes, we connect with these vulnerable moments. Like when my dad passed away in March, 2020, like I shared that whole process on Instagram. Thank you. And so I was like, I'm either going to disappear off the internet and people are going to forget about me, or I'm just going to share this. So I was like, you know what? I want to share this because I'm not authentically me. If I'm not sharing this part of my story, I am still Nicole. I am still Danny's daughter. I am still a entrepreneur, but I am also grieving. And if people, if I compartmentalize that and keep those roles separate, I'm not truly authentically me, but you know, other, other types do that easily. Like threes, you know, I play this role. I am Dr. Megan Monday, but I'm also a business coach. I'm this, I'm a that like, and those roles can be separate. Fives are really good at compartmentalizing, maybe not the role-playing piece, but for me, it was really powerful. I've had so many people just reach out about that. And that was, you know, a year and a half ago at this point, but grief doesn't end. So, you know, I'm always constantly sharing my story you know, what can you do if you know somebody who's grieving or somebody that just lost a parent? Like you don't walk up to them and be like, what do you need? Well, they don't know what they need. Send them some, my, like my student, her mom just died. I was like, you know what? She's across the country. I don't know what I can do for her from here. Let me just Venmo her some money. Hey, don't forget to eat, take care of yourself. You know, something simple as that is going to be more impactful than whatever. That's, you know, getting a, getting a little off topic, but vulnerability no. Like, actually, I feel like it's like the bless your heart scenario. Like people say all of the wrong things to people who are grieving. It's like, oh, bless your heart. Like it happens for a reason. Like, no, like too soon. Don't say that. I mean, it's better to say like, I don't know. I'm here for you than say something like, (laughs) you know, so I see that all the time. I feel like grief sessions are the hardest ones for me personally, because there's my overachiever. I'm like, oh, messy, deep, dark. I don't know. There's not a good fix. I don't like it. (laughs) And then you're like, what can I do to fix this? Because I need to do instead of emotions. So yeah, it's, I mean, Ah. it really, I think the vulnerability piece though, the sharing. So like when I'm working with clients and I can be like, let me pull up a story of this. Okay. My student, her mom just died. Hey, my dad's died. I can connect with you. I am okay sharing that. So I think that is fine to, to cross those lines some. I think that's better to cross that vulnerability line than to be crossing from coaching to therapy. Cause sometimes, and, and you have the degrees, you know, you can do that. I, I am not a therapist. And I think sometimes people 
look at coaching as therapy, but it's two completely different things. So um, I always try to share that too. Like I have some techniques to counsel people, but I, because of my master's degree, but I'm not a counselor. I will, I will gladly help you find one, (laughs) but um, you know, I think it's, it's definitely something that vulnerability can help be a tool. But when you start then being like talking just about yourself and your story, the you're yeah, you're at not holding space then for your client or your friend. And that's the other thing too. Uh, like friends will come to me and be like, oh, I'm dealing with this. And I'm like, do you want me to talk to you as a friend or like as a coach? Cause I could give you yeah. two different things here, but yeah. typically it's, I just want to be a friend. I just need a vent. Like, I, okay, cool. I don't need to coach you. Right. So when we can recognize that and step back to, I think is important. And I, th- I always tell people like I have like a whole team of people to support me so I usually have like a coach a therapist and a healer <laughs> on staff as part of as part of the divine feminine revolution team um because I think you know each one is like its own art form and they like certain ones can do things that others can't do and so especially like I gotta say like I feel like just being a public figure and like being a coach um, I think being a business owner is super vulnerable. So when you combine like all three together, I feel like it is the vulnerability triad. And I feel like it's, it's brought up more issues for me than like just having like a successful brick and mortar business where I didn't have to advertise and clients just came to me and it was easy, you know, versus like being like, okay, now I'm a brand and I'm going to like say some edgy stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's also really powerful because, um, you know, there's a chance to like impact you know, a much, much larger audience and like even the world. Um, so I think that that's really huge. And I, I just find that like, you know, if I, one of my friends is, was dating a guy and we were all out for a happy hour. And so I like looked up his astrology chart and then I basically was like, okay, I'm going to like read you now. And I was like, this, 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 and this. And he was like, (laughs) um, shocked at how accurate it was. And then I was like, to my friend, I'm like, yeah, he's, I'm giving him a thumbs up based on his chart. But you know, like you're probably like that with the Instagram or like whatever the things that we are that we do. I know for me with my human design, I'm, a two, which is a hermit and a six, which is a role model. So like, I'm supposed to be sharing my life with people, but then I also need to like totally unplug and like run away a little bit as well. And so that's like a really weird vibe because they're opposites. Um, but you know, I think learning your Enneagram, getting your astrology or human design chart, or like, there's so many other things as well. Mm -hmm. It just like gives you the cliff notes on, you know, your sole purpose or your personality or whatever you want to call it. And so I feel like it's like stuff you probably already know, but it just gives you like a language to be able to communicate about it to other people and to yourself. Like for me, when I learned I was a hermit, I was like, oh, okay, I'm never alone. That's a problem. Like, so now on Mondays, I like don't see people. (laughs) Um, And so it was like a simple tweak, you know, but it like gave me permission to set that boundary. And I feel like going into the program or whatever kind of personality assessment or kind of profiling sort of mechanism you use it's it really can increase results which you know I'm all about with my overachiever (laughs) so like let's kind of take it out to the macro a bit and you know I really think that we're in a really amazing time you know I was feeling for you with your dad you know like especially right as COVID was hitting I mean what an intense time to be losing someone when we're already so isolated and triggered Mm -hmm. and scared you know um, so, you know, I'm heart really to you on that one, but I feel like we're in such, uh, this whole time I've been in the coaching world. I'm like, wow, the whole world changed. Like as <laughs> I started doing this. So I think a lot of us are facing uncertainty to say the least, and then whatever else we may be dealing with. So I'm kind of curious, like, you know, what's your hope for the world or maybe a vision for the future, or even like how the Enneagram could help just riff on that, whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think my thing is I just want people to be more self-aware and build that self-mastery because those skills, so those soft skills, we're not really taught those. We're not, those aren't quantifiable skills, you know, but you do make an impact on people, whether you realize it or not, you could be at the grocery store and checking out and the cashier has the worst day and you smile at them. 
Now I don't go around and smile, but at the same time, it's like, I can't, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a nice person. I'll say it again, but you know, you don't know how I feel much. Like that, go ahead. that is a revolutionary statement as a woman to just claim that, like for all of y'all women out there who like don't identify as nice, like more power to you. Y'all are the leaders. Yeah. I it. mean, so I'll share this funny story too. I've only ever been on one date besides with my husband and the date I went on, I like had this crush on this guy from like seventh grade until we went on this date and his stepdad told him I was too bossy. And I was like, okay, I'm out like whatever. So my husband now he knows I'm bossy and he he loves it. Right. So like embrace who you are. I think that's the other thing, the macro thing, like embrace who you are imperfections and all and go out in the world and do your thing. You will find your people. They are waiting for you. Just go do it. Take that messy, imperfect action. Like, and like I challenge people all the time, just put something out there on the internet. Like, yeah, people can screen record, whatever screenshot, but if you put it out there and you don't feel comfortable, you can delete it. Like you can't mess it up. Just go try it. Like, oh, that's what makes me so excited. Like go do the thing. So yeah. Um, I was just thinking about my daughter. I tried to give, I tried to go through, this is probably not valid because she's nine, but in true overachiever fashion, I gave her the Enneagram and then she got bored. And so then I like started answering for her and she was kind of like, I think she maybe came out a three. She's a little bit like me, but the second, I don't know. Can you have an, can you have a three or an eight? Eight was high too. I guess it wouldn't be a wing, but the eight was high too. And I was like, oh God, she's going to be either an overachiever or the boss, you know, which is kind of funny because living mom life, like every coaching call I've ever been on, I'm like in the pickup line and I'm like, oh no, they're cussing. Let me turn it down. Hold on. Let me turn it down. So she knows all the cuss words and she's gotten like (laughs) thousands of dollars worth of coaching at a very young age. Um, But you just never know. Like it could be the story I tell about my daughter that someone like really connects to because Mm -hmm. they're in the, you know, saving the world from the mom's pickup line too, you know, or dads, yeah. like obviously dads can pick up as well. <laughs> um, but you just never know what people are going to connect to, um, what like little story or whatever. And, you know, that's been a big lesson for me is I'm very like intuitively led. And so, yeah, sometimes I'll be like, okay, you need to say this because that's like the guidance spirit is giving me. And I'm like, you want me to say what? Like the overachiever is like, no, you're not supposed to say that. And then I'll like take the risk and say it. And people are like, yes, that is like what I needed to hear. Even if I feel like it totally doesn't make sense within the context, they're like, this is how it hit me. And this is why, you know, it was profound. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I think trust is such a big thing. And I love what you said about self-mastery and just self-awareness and yeah, like, could we teach this in schools like early on? My daughter actually has like a life skills class. So I'm like, what'd you learn in life skills today? Like (laughs) she was like, like, oh yeah, mom. Uh, I was like freaking out about something. And she's like, do you think you're fixed mindset or growth mindset? And I was like, whoa, I just like totally got called out. (laughs) So yeah, she's a force to be reckoned with. Watch out. She'll be on the scene in about 10 years when she's of age to work or sooner. She does my graphics sometimes, but Um, anyway. Yeah. She's already on the scene. What are you talking about? (laughs) She loves, she's like wants her own podcast episode. And I'm like, well, you've crashed about like five or six of them at least when I've been home with her. Um, but she wants her like very own episode. So that's coming soon. Um, but yeah, I love that. And I just, again, like, you know, this has just always been such a fascination of mine. It's just to like delve deep into people. And I think just in my own experience of talking about the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs or astrology or whatever, like, um, it really helped, like, it's like, a lightning rod to self-awareness and it just like yeah. helps people understand because we're complicated and we're confusing and sometimes we have really like paradoxical opposite forces and so mm-hmm. it's like understanding how to honor both sides for like optimum balance yeah. so anyway I've really enjoyed chatting with you and <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the Enneagram therapy session I do <laughs> I'm like okay I feel like you tweaked me a little bit towards, uh, you know, going for it in new ways. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, that's the power of having a session um, plug for myself, you know, I'm doing human design and uh, astrology sessions as well. So um, Nicole, I'm going to hand it over to you. Like, tell us where to find you. What are you offering? Give us all the goods. Yeah. So come hang out with me on Instagram. You can connect with me. They are the best. And then find me on all the other things I've been hanging out on TikTok lately. So I've been pushing out a ton of reels and just being fun and having more, um, less of a control freak attitude of what I'm putting out there. So having more fun with that. So come hang out with me. Um, it's Nicole Saunders coach is my handle, but yeah. So if you're, I think the big thing right now, I have two things. So one is I have typing sessions. So if you're like, I still don't know my type, I don't want to take this test because it could be wrong, blah, blah, blah. So I have 60 minute typing sessions. They're $99. Um, you can grab those. Yeah. So you can grab those at saundersays.com forward slash typing. And that is again, $99, 60 minutes. We'll figure it out. We'll deep dive. If you already know your type, we can deep dive further and you can take tips that are actionable to implement so you can live a more peaceful life, have more serenity, serenity, that kind of stuff. But if you're like, oh, I just want something for free. I got you covered too. Saundersays.com forward slash five day. I have a five day mini course. It's an email format. So it goes over strengths, weaknesses, all that kind of fun stuff of each Enneagram type. And also has journal prompts for each type and a professional like development question. What can I ask myself to kind of further develop? So um, you can grab that as well. And yeah, again, come hang out with me on Instagram. That's so awesome. Well, I so enjoyed talking with you. I'm definitely going to take you up on a typing session because as you can tell, I could talk about this a whole nother hour easily. And just want to invite everybody who's listening, come check out Fearless Feminine. Um, I'm launching that this month. We're going to start November and December and I only launch it once a year. And it's about like overcoming your fears and visibility online, which if you listen to this episode, I am totally embodying that because I can tell you there's been a shitload of them and I do it anyway. And, uh, also always have the energy membership going on. So if you want to learn energy medicine and, you know, feel better, do better, help your coaching practice, you know, come check me out for energy membership. Um, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming in. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and we're not too far away. So I'm going to have to like get with you and I'm often in Charlotte. So yeah. And I love the mountains. Uh, I went to school at UNC Asheville, so I need to come up there and hang out. Asheville is my most favorite place ever. Um, I actually have a hookup. One of my fearless feminine ladies um, has an amazing house that she lets me rent from time to time. Um, but yeah, anytime I can run away to Asheville is a good day. So we can maybe be in the middle or something. Let's do it. um, Yes. Uh, thanks everybody. I hope everybody has a great day. Go look your Enneagram chart out and you'll be so excited with what you find and then go book a session with Nicole and me. All right. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the divine feminine revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.